1: Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast.
2: I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's
1: get into it. I feel like we need to start this podcast by congratulating Gigi for being oh, such yeah. a legend, J- just to fill you in on what's happened, Georgia and I have just met with our accountant, and as you know, accountancy is
2: snorefestville,
1: isn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. I spend half of my time looking out the window, and the other half going, "I'm sorry, I don't understand that."
2: Zoe so looks at me like, "I really hope you understand this. Like, <gasps> please make sure you understand this." She basically, after anything the accountant says, she's like, "Just so you know, I don't understand this something."
0: <laughs>
1: I'm such an idiot but like Gigi came along today and she (laughs) fell asleep during the meeting she didn't say like I'm going to sleep she wasn't running around she just literally just went I've had enough of this boring chat I'm gonna go to
2: thought I've been here before I know what to do I just close my eyes and go to sleep (laughs) she's an angel when she's out right I always say this don't I everyone's like oh she's so good oh she's so lovely and I'm like Yes, she is when she's out of the house. Right, when she's in the house, she's not like she's really <laughs> not an angel. And but you know what? We are potty training at the moment, How's which I'm spoken about because. It's not just potty training with her. It's more like just getting her to wee and poo again. (laughs) That's like the main thing. So we sort of got past that, I guess, a bit. Um, And then I thought, well, while we're doing this, I might as well try and get rid of the nappies. So I had been doing like reward charts, you know, basically anything you can ever think of. The books, the the buying a potty, like all of it. And nothing seems to be working. So then now what I'm doing is basically just... A lot la- like when we're at home, she just doesn't, she just wears a pair of knickers around the house. Yeah. And sometimes she wets herself, sometimes she asks for the potty. And I'm just like, oh, well done. That's great. And I'll be like, oh, how did that feel when you did a wee? Or if I need a wee, I'm like, oh, I think I need a wee. I'm going to, I better go to the toilet. And, and do like, you take
1: her with you? Yeah. yeah. And I
2: sort of talk her through it rather than sort of making a big fuss of it. And it seems to be working. Like even just before we jumped on this recording, yeah. she literally came up and she was like, I need the potty which she hadn't been doing at all. Like it was, such a struggle every time she needed to do a wee or poo she was crossing her legs going bright red in the face sometimes she would just randomly scream like we'd just be out and she'd just scream and go bright red and everyone looks around and i'd be like i'm sorry like she just literally just needs the toilet and she just stopped just trying to stop herself
1: it's so sad like it's so hard watching them in that amount of distress and pain because there's nothing you can do and actually the more you say to them do you need a wee do you need a wee do you need a wee Like, no, 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 you know, you remember, like, I can't remember, I think it was probably two years ago we went to Dubai and yes. Luna, uh, it was without a doubt, the worst holiday that we've ever yeah. had as a family because she was just in excruciating agony. And I used to have mm. to put her in a warm bath. Mm. And as soon as her feet hit the water, she used to wet herself in the bath. But it was like she'd be in floods of tears whilst it was going on. It was
2: awful. This is exactly what we're exactly yeah. same with Gigi. She did one poo on the on the toilet once. And I think it actually, this sounds so awful, but I think it like almost ripped her bum a little bit. And oh. then after that, it was just like... No, never want to do that ever again. Um, And like you say, it's so hard because you get all this advice thrown at you, like... Oh, get them on Movicol. Get them on this. Get them on that. Make sure she's drinking enough. And I'm thinking, no, no, no. There is no problem. She's just scared to go. Yeah. And how do you overcome that? I don't yeah. know. Well,
1: <laughs> like, you're doing it right, George, and you're doing yeah. a brilliant job. I mean, I heard her coming in just then, saying, "Mummy, yeah. I need the potty," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm really proud of her." You
2: know what? It, this it sounds so ridiculous, but it's been our, a huge stress for us over the yeah. last few months. So now we've kind of turned in this corner. Oh my gosh, so so. Good. I reckon
1: so many people listening to this and nodding their heads right now. It's not, it doesn't sound ridiculous. I know exactly what you've been going through Mm. and I reckon loads of other people, in fact, loads of people are interested in the kind of potty training journey. So we are going to be doing another Q&A on it. So just sit tight for that. We're locking it in. Um, But back to today's episode because- Um, I I really like this one me I did. really love this conversation I really love this woman Um, she she's done so much for the kind of blended family world and yes. I'm, I'm really proud to be a step-parent you know I talk about it a lot but it's also quite a scary lonely place to be sometimes especially at yeah. the beginning because you suddenly have to take on someone else's child and I remember Doza saying to me you know Isla will always come first above you and I remember him saying that to me very early on in our relationship. And he wasn't being an asshole. He was just saying, of course, I'm going to prioritize my daughter mm. over a woman that I'm dating. But in your yeah. head, you're kind of like, well, hang on a minute. This is supposed to be the time yeah. where we're falling in love and it's supposed to be really romantic. And there's a child to take care of. And it has been, without a doubt, the biggest growth and the biggest journey that I've ever been on. So, mm. so for me, listening to her speak the way she does about what she had to do Oh my gosh, wow. What an, a- what an what an amazing incredible person.
2: Yeah, I know exactly. And also I think as well, you know, we you know, we've we've spoken about this before. When you become a parent, you do change, but mm. you almost when you become a biological parent, you've been on that journey for sort of nine, nearly ten months to get your head around it. You become a little, maybe a little bit less um, selfish. Um, you you have some time, but when you haven't gone through that process and you take on somebody else's child who already has a personality, who maybe already has a mother, sometimes they don't. It it's a huge thing to mm-hmm. get your head around. It, mm-hmm. It's a massive shift. Not something I've done, but you know having done this podcast we've spoken to a few people who yeah, have yeah and it definitely doesn't sound easy <laughs>
1: no it's not but it can but yeah it definitely I mean that's that's kind of where the <laughs> that's the full stop right there isn't it <laughs> yeah because it, it definitely isn't um yeah anyway we could talk about this but let's just get into it because it was such a beautiful conversation and we're really excited to share this episode with you Georgia who are we chatting to today we are chatting to the wonderful Kate Ferdinand So both George and I are very, very much looking forward to today's conversation. Uh, we spent a long time, many years ago, watching this incredible human in TOWIE, got that does feel like a lifetime does. ago actually. Uh, then she met ex-England footballer Rio, uh, she became a step to Lorenz, to Tate, to Tia and she's now a biological mum to, uh, to Cree, influencer, podcaster. Yes,
2: congratulations. It's Kate Ferdinand. Yay! What an intro guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Just before we start, congratulations on your incredible podcast. I've listened to both episodes now and I think it's amazing. i really important as well. Um, so what made what made you start it? Thank you so much, by the way. Um, you know what? I just,
3: when I met Rio, I kind of felt a little bit alone. I didn't really know where to go. And even in our situation now, it's hard to know where to turn sometimes. And when we filmed our documentary, um, so many people could relate and they were like, Ooh. we need more of this. And I just thought, you know what? blended is just kind of a community where we can all relate to each other and talk about those subjects that sometimes aren't always spoken about yeah yeah
1: I'm so I don't know if you know but I'm I'm a step and um I met Isla when she was really little so she was only about 18 months old when I met her so Isla doesn't remember a time without me so every time I I write posts about Isla or I talk about her you know her and I have a really great relationship it doesn't come without its you know highs and lows ups and downs but I think in a way it's maybe been easier because she doesn't remember a time when I wasn't on the scene and then I get a lot of people saying I love this but you know for me it's really different because I met my stepkids when they were 10 and 12 and they're really angry and they don't want to talk to me and I can't have a relationship with them and I found that when you launched Blended, it was like a really safe space to be able to talk about the real intricacies and actually how you're feeling about being a step-parent. You're not really allowed to talk about it.
3: Yes. No, you can't talk about it. You might get judged. Are you bad for saying you're struggling as a step-mom? You're not a good enough parent. All of those feelings that you feel. And I think you can feel really alone with those feelings sometimes. So it is just really, you can just have a little vent on there and share experiences and just Yeah, we're we're hoping to launch a website with like a forum on it as well so people can just chat back and forth because it is hard to meet people in similar situations sometimes. I don't really know any other stepmums what well, I do now, since doing the podcast, <laughs> but prior to that, that you know, their their stepkids have lost their mum.
2: It's you know, you can't always yes. relate to
3: people. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Can we just take you back, um, you know, to before you met Rio? You're
3: going to talk about Tari? <laughs>
2: no, not about Tari. <laughs> did you always, you know, was it always in your plans that you wanted to be a mum, or was it something that you'd never thought about?
3: I feel like I, I, I'm my um, I'm an only child, by the way, and I'm my dad divorced. <laughs> <laughs> So I I just live with me and my mum mm. and I used to just gaze at, you know, those big families and be like, oh, my God, I wish I had a, a big family. I always wanted to have children and then not be an only child, if that makes sense, because I didn't yeah. really enjoy that. I felt a bit lonely sometimes. So, yeah, I think I did want to be a mum. I just didn't expect it to happen the way it did. You know, I always talk about this in the books. It's kind of like fairy tales and then you get you meet, you get married, you have children, and you just expect yeah. your life to go along that path. Mm. Um, you don't really see it going any other way, really, because that's the way it's shown in like the media and in stories. So I didn't quite expect the way it come about, but I wouldn't change it for the world.
1: Let's talk about that time that you, that moment that you met Rio and, you know, those kind of months that followed afterwards. And at what point did you meet the kids and how were you feeling and what was kind of said around it?
3: I, I spoke about this the other day. I think maybe I was a bit naive going in. I was just excited to meet the kids like I sort of loved Rio already I suppose I think I fell from quite quickly no. um <laughs> but I don't know if I should have said that out loud because he'll be loving that one <laughs> yeah. and you know when I met the kids I was desperate for them to love me but I just met them as a friend at the beginning through a friend yeah. of a friend it, it was a it's straight it's a strange experience but for me it's like if I love this man then I want to be part of his whole life and I, I want to love his kids and I want to be part of everything. So, I mean, it feels like ages ago now. It feels like such a long time it ago. It was a long so time much, ago. So wasn't much it? has happened. It wasn't that long. I think it might be 2017. 2017,
2: yeah. How did they react
3: to you? I had a dog. I, I had my dog, Ronnie, and I was just the girl with the dog. And then um, I think we were around our friend's house and Rio gave me his jumper and one of the children. Like, <gasps> why dad, why are you giving Kate your jumper? Cause wow. it's cold. Yeah. Um, and then they started, I think Rio said to him, I quite like the girl with a dog. Like she's quite nice. What do you think? Should I take her on a date? I think at the first they were like, she's nice, but like, it's weird for your dad to have a girlfriend, isn't it? Like yeah. those conversations. Especially dog
1: girl. Especially yeah, dog girl. Yeah, do yeah. I think they like
3: the dog. <laughs> that was the like pull. Um, but yeah, it's weird for your dad to have a girlfriend when you only come from mum, dad and kids sort of relationship. Um, but we got on really well. I sort of was like their mate at the beginning. Um, we just used to do fun things with them. And, yeah, we got on well at the beginning. I think it's when I moved in I was a bit stricter and yes. I had to lay down some boundaries and discipline. They probably thought, who on earth is this woman coming in here telling me what to do? Um, but they kind of needed it as well. They need yeah. – I feel like kids need discipline. They probably didn't like having it from me at the beginning. But Rio did say, you know, if you're living here or in this house, then – he, he let me do that if you know what I mean and i am quite strict his their mum was quite strict firm but fair i think we call it yeah nice. i like that firm but fair um were there
1: conversations going on between you and rio at the time about you know the way that you guys were going to you know bring the kids up and and if stuff came up from the kids were you guys going to sit down and deal with it that way you know was were they going to talk to him or did it happen
3: quite organically in the home um i think the kids were pretty much involved in everything From the beginning, even from me moving in, like when I moved in, they got me like, that was a discussion because it's their home as well. And I think when you've gone through a lot of trauma as a child, change without communication is like, is not good for them. So they're involved in everything. They got me like moving in slippers and uh, moving in blankie with all pictures of all of us on. And I think as things arose, we dealt with them and we decided how we would parent. I mean, there was some bumps in the roads but they were
2: just discussions and we dealt with it and then moved forward. Do you remember a particular moment that it sort of hit you, the the, the huge responsibility that you'd taken on? I
3: I think when I moved in, I was like, whoa, bloody hell, because (laughs) (laughs) you don't really know anyone until you live with them, do you? Is number one, their habits. And then to move in with three children as well, that all have Mm -hmm. their own habits in their house. And I think it was when it, when I did move in I didn't really know where anything was it's a really strange kind of feeling you know I've gone from my little safe place my flat I lived on my own where I organize I'm a bit of a like organization freak and everything was just how I wanted it to this like foreign environment and just trying Mm. to make it work and I felt really out of my depth then yeah
1: Mm. I, I remember vividly um Doza and Isla were co-sleeping together. Um, she was only really little at the time. And um, I remember me staying over them one night. And before Doza said, would you like to stay? He said, you know, Isla's here. So there's a chance she'll wake up in the night and she might cry. And and I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, whatever. Like didn't really know, never had any experience with babies before. Yeah, what what did I know? And then she woke up crying and Doza went to try and settle her. He came back and then he said, look, she's not going to settle unless she comes in the bed with us. How do you feel? And I said, okay, yeah, sure, (laughs) whatever. Like I'd met her lots of times before that, but obviously never slept in the same bed as her. And I remember her just turning over and looking at me with these big blue eyes, like in the middle of the two of us. And I remember thinking, this is the moment. This is the (laughs) ultimate moment of like, ultimate responsibility, but also I felt like a step parent at that at that time. You know, there was something between us. She looked at me, I looked at her, she was like, You're gonna stick around. I was like, you're sticking around too. You know, we had like a little (laughs) nod to each other.
3: How old was she?
1: Um like at this point probably coming up for two, (laughs) you know, but like she knew. She just knew. But you I think you do have those moments in your step parenting journey where you just feel the enormity of
3: it. Yeah. I mean it's a huge role, I think. I find it sometimes it's a lot more pressure. Or I don't know if I put the pressure on myself than a biological parent because I'm so desperate to make it work and so desperate for it to be right and like over analyzing bloody everything yeah Yeah. um I just do I I overthink everything when it comes to my stepkids
2: so we we quite often talk about when we first became parents like we 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 found like we'd lost our identity a little bit and you know we're we're sort of learning to get to know a new person and a new way of life did you find that before you became a biological parent that you're kind of moving into being a mum figure and did you did you sort of I I guess you lose anything of yourself like a new person a hundred percent like I was going from like going
3: clubbing wearing these like raunchy bikinis when I look back I'm like oh my god I don't even know how I (laughs) I, I
1: love those photos of you Kate I I regularly look at them for inspiration
3: (laughs) they make me shiver they make me shiver um And like just living this wild kind of single life, all I had to do was just think about myself to all of a sudden, I'm a stepmom now and I don't really know how to parent fully. You know, I'm loving and caring, but I don't really know how to do it. And then I remember Tate, clearly, I think he must have been 10 or 11. I had like a really low cut top on. He went, are you going out like that? I thought, oh shit like this is this is how it is now <laughs> and then you sort of had to adapt like everything that i knew kind of changed overnight and i, I was overanalyzing the thing and i completely lost myself like I, I look back at some of the clothes i wear i went for a bit of a granny stage because i went from Wearing all these skimpy clothes, so then thinking, oh God, I need to cover up for the kids. And I just completely lost myself, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And did that happen after you had Cree as well? Yes. I felt yeah. um, not as much, but I more felt like I didn't know myself in my mind after Cree. Does mm. that make sense? Where totally. Not, I didn't recognize my body either because obviously it changed, but I felt like a complete, I feel like a completely new person after having mm. Cree. Like mm. it's really changed me. I've really calmed down and settled. I'm a perfectionist. I want everything to be perfect. And I've kind of let go of that. But I did, I did completely lose myself. I couldn't, it was, it's a blur, you know, those like couple of months afterwards is a complete blur for me.
2: Yeah. And how, how was that bringing Cree into, you know, an already quite busy family home? Well, it's crazy because
3: I already feel like a parent to Lorenz Tate and Tia, but I haven't given birth. Mm. Um, So I'm already, I was already a parent, but then having this whole new experience of a baby and didn't really know what to do with a baby. And I was really anxious about that. Um, And it was, it was amazing because the children are just so good with him and love him so much. But I felt like I was kind of navigating this new world, but still already having to be a parent. And I was getting really lost and confused because I didn't really know what I was doing. And I found it really difficult at the beginning to balance like, looking after Cree and then school run cooking dinner at five o'clock do it you know having that routine because i hadn't done it before so i did struggle with that a little bit at the beginning now he's won it's like we've got a good routine and i'm absolutely loving it i've touched wood got it under control
2: <laughs> don't want to say that and jinx yeah. it well, that's what i was about
1: to say kate will be messaging us tomorrow saying now you know when i jinxed it on the podcast um- <laughs>
2: Every single time I say anything really positive about the kids, I suddenly like, oh, no, why have I what just have said I that? <laughs> <laughs> what oh, I done? <laughs> take
1: it back.
2: I'll take it back.
1: Obviously, um, lots of different things have come up with Isla, but her mum didn't pass away. Her mum lives down the road and is an amazing mum. So we have our own, you know, things that come up and conversations that come up. But I want to ask you about the kids' pain around losing their mum and how you've navigated that. Um, and do you have a closer connection to any of them? Or you know, well, I guess sort of individually together as a
3: unit. Do you discuss it? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's so hard because when your children—I mean, they're not my biological children, but I call them my children. All four of them, my children. Yeah, are in so much pain. You just want to make it better, but you can't. Mm. So it's just a really hard one, I think. And we talk about it. You know, some of them I won't speak about them individually because I don't think that's fair to them. But they all deal with it different. I suppose it's Mm -hmm. just like any different uh adult, I suppose. There's some one of them's really open, the other one is kind of open, the other one is just a bit blocked off. And they're all at different stages of their grief or have they grieved. But like Mm. their mum is a really open we talk about all the time and we're so open about everything to do with their mum because I just Rio and I both think that's just important. Like it's their mum, isn't it? Yeah. But but it can be hard, but it's amazing as well. Like, like it's hard for them. They've been through so much. But they are really resilient. They're really amazing children.
2: We'll be right back after this short break.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass?"
2: And are there particular moments, I mean, I've not experienced anything like this, so, you know, I'm just sorry if I'm saying the wrong thing. But I guess are there are there times of year, are there certain situations that are harder for them to deal with? I can imagine things like Mother's Day and, um, you know, if maybe even Christmas, those kind of times where you feel like you really need to be there for them in be more present for them basically
3: i mean i think i always panic in the lead up to all those big events like mother's day birthday anniversary christmas i am a complete get myself in a bit of a anxious state the week before those events in the build-up but i think it's not always those events and quite often it's when you least expect it yeah yeah um so you can prepare for all of these days and it's just sometimes hits you on a day that you literally do not expect it at all so you you think you can prepare, but you can't really, if that mm. makes sense. You just have mm. to go with the flow and just be there for them whenever. And it just hits you at random times sometimes.
2: Have there been any scenarios, you know, like when you've been out and about where, I don't know, you found yourself in, in a situation where you don't know how to answer a question with them or, you know, they've mistaken, you know, you're trying to explain your relationship with them or anything like that. I mean, yeah, people often
3: think that I'm the children's mum when we go out. Actually, Tia, weirdly, we've got some similarities in the way we look, right. which is, I think it's kind of like a blessing in a weird way because, you know, we we look kind of similar. Um, but people always go, your mum, and we're like, oh. And yes. we had a big family discussion. Like, do that is awkward, but is it worth every single random person that we meet explaining our story? Yeah. Do we want to do that? Or do we just pretend like we don't know because they don't really, they're not really relevant in our lives. And we had a discussion about that um, and sometimes we just ignore it. But sometimes if they keep going on and on and on, like, mummy, mummy, you know, yes. how's your mummy? Does mummy want to do that of you? I go, look, I'm not their mum, I'm their mum. But I think we just play situation by ear. I don't know if you get that, Zoe.
1: Oh my god, I was literally about to say that it's just started happening now quite a lot, or at least Isla and I are probably more aware of it now, um, that people going, Oh, isn't it lovely to have a day out with your mum? And she goes, straight away she's not my mum, my mum lives in Isha, she's my stepmom. she's amazing, she gets a card on Mother's Day, she said, like, <laughs> last week, I was like, I do, yeah, but she, she really wants to tell people that I'm her stepmom and that she's got a mum, and I, I'm, like, fully on board with that, and I think at first, I actually, I think the first time she did it, I was like, oh, like, it hurt mm. me a bit, and I'm, I'm so, sort of carrying a bit of shame around that, because I don't want to feel, I try to let her take the lead, but it is quite hard, isn't it, when you love them unconditionally, but then you have to hand, well, I have to hand them back, and, Yeah, sometimes that's challenging for me. I think, but
3: like, why do we feel that shame? Because we are their stepmom. We work bloody hard. We're good step parents. I think it's society makes us feel like a step parent isn't enough or isn't good enough. Oh, you're, oh, you're not their mum. You're their stepmom. Oh, no, I'm their bloody stepmom. Like, and and I do a good job. I think. It's not actually a bad thing, but sometimes I feel the same as you. Like, I feel like, oh, Mm. God, this is awkward. But it's really, other people's
2: perceptions that they put on us, I think. Actually, you're so right, because I would maybe, you know, at the school gates, I'd be like, oh, you know, where's your mum? And that person might not be their mum, but in that moment – they are their mum and they're their mother figure, whether it is, you know, the auntie picking up from school, the carer, the nanny, whatever it is. They're still in that kind of role, I guess. So why should we think of them in any other way?
1: Yeah, it's quite true. I think a lot of it is quite triggering. I think it can be. I think I was so much more sensitive to it a couple of years ago, whereas now I've had to really do some like soul searching about it. I feel like I've been on a really massive journey with... Actually, it's not really about me, but it's good for me to discuss it and talk about it because the stuff that comes up is relevant and it and it is real and it does impact. Like a couple of years ago, I think I was quite I used to get hurt by certain things like loving her so much and looking after her and potty training her and wiping her bum and then just giving her back to her mom and be like, Mm, what now? Like there was a bit of that, and um, whereas now I'm like she has this
3: amazing mum, but she also has me, and I have my own special role in her life. I mean, I'm so over emotional around the whole thing. Like mm. I overthink everything, even on Mother's Day, they wrote me the most unbelievable card. I was just sobbing. They're like, "Kate, are you okay?" Oh. And I'm, like, I'm just so happy that you wrote this to me. They think they just think <laughs> oh. I'm um, They're like, "God, Kate is emotional today." it's just when they give you that it just feels oh it's so like you're desperate for it and this really weird oh my god it sounds crazy like when you hear those words and you've worked so hard for so many years and you love them and you hear that you get that little bit of like good feedback it's like the best feeling ever
1: oh my god I know isn't it amazing <laughs> yeah. isn't it absolutely wonderful but I do hear what you're saying about trying to make it perfect all the time and I actually think that's probably something. That we need to work on because it's like, it's not going to be perfect all the time, is it? And you can't strive for perfection. And, you know, we're sort of, we, whenever Isla comes back to us, we're like, Isla's back. We've got to do all the amazing things. And it's like, actually, she needs to be able to slot into Isla. We can't keep rolling out the red carpet every time every, Isla comes for a yeah. week and then goes away again. It's like, it's too exhausting.
2: Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you feel less less pressure parenting Cree than, this, than your other children? I feel like when we're in our house and it's the six of us, I
3: don't, it's all just the same kind of thing yeah. I think it's sometimes when I'm like out and about that I might feel different because I might ha- that people might be like because I, I will tell the kids off in public and I, I do I'm quite firm with it and then I see people like and then I start thinking are they thinking they're not my kids are they like I am overthinking it but in our house with us six it's all the same and it's all cool I think Cree I, don't, I mean, he's only, he's only he's one, one, so yeah. it could change like, in time. Yeah, But I don't really overthink the Cree situation because I feel like confident in my role. But sometimes with the kids, depending on who's around, I do overthink it and I think, oh, am I being too hard? Am I doing this? But I don't know if I'll be like that with Cree when he's older because he's only young, so it's only early days. Yeah. Have you
1: thought about the conversations that they'll have growing up and with regards to them being brothers and sisters? Um, it, it, that's something that's come up recently for us, actually, in a conversation that I heard Isla saying to Luna. We we just call them brother and sister. They're just brothers and sisters. And they, she's got another sister, Indy, and we're all kind of. But it was something that Isla said to Luna, like, "Well, you're only my half sister anyway." And I was like, oh, "It like devastated me because I've never used that language
3: ever." Do you? What are your thoughts around that? we it's all full siblings, and I would be really upset if I heard any different. And especially uh, the big kids, we've had this discussion. They're like, if anyone said that's my half brother, I'll be like, no. So we're really like firm on that. But I suppose it's a learning curve. When Cree grows up, we're going to have to explain it to him and he might, you know, for a while get it wrong. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Rio comes from a blended family and he's got like half, I say, like with my fingers, but they're full siblings from different parents. And so we're, we're from that kind of Big family anyway, and we just see everyone as siblings. Yeah. yeah, that's lovely, isn't
2: it? Do you think you'll be adding to the family? <laughs> Do you know? I hate
3: this question, by the way, <laughs> Georgia.
2: Do you know? Because it's so hard, isn't it? Like you,
3: this question bugs me, but I'm going to answer it anyway, Georgia. Nothing. <laughs> a, I don't know because I've got four kids. Like yeah. wow, yeah, could exactly. I deal with another one? Half of me thinks you know what? I'd love a little friend for Cree of his age. Yeah. But the other half of me thinks I will have a nervous breakdown and I'm really in a comfortable place at the moment. Like we've got our routine and it's going really well. I'm going back to work. I've kind of got myself in a little swing and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah,
2: I don't. Yeah. Do honest I feel answers, like I really I'm lie. so sorry to ask you that because <laughs> no, George. I go feel on. like <laughs> everyone wants to know, and I, I mean, I've got two children, and I get, I still get it all of the time. I ask you every bloody yeah, day, exactly. George. <laughs> so, so I thought I'd ask someone else.
1: Right. <laughs> go on holiday, have enough cocktails, and then it's kind of taken out of your hands. You're like, Woo-hoo,
2: so having <laughs> such a great time.
1: As what happened after the wedding in Ibiza? Our oh, wedding in Ibiza. I came back. I was like, oh, this hangover just will not go. Just two weeks of feeling like shit. And I was like, oh shit, I'm pregnant again. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> Let's talk about work um, and what's going on in your life and just kind of fill us in on any sort of future projects that you've got going on.
3: Oh, I've got, I don't know how much I can tell. And that's really annoying when people say that, isn't it? Tell us a little bit. Um, at the moment, I'm just probably, the, what I can tell is focusing on blended, to be honest with you. It's yeah. a real like passion project for me. Mm-hmm. But I've got lots of other things that I do and that are going on in the background, but this gives me some form of like satisfaction and I feel like yeah. it's something that I've like I, you know you work don't you and it's a job and you sometimes enjoy it and you sometimes don't but this just gives me something and I feel like it's kind of like my therapy as yeah. well as helping other people and I'm learning so much and I, I'm speaking to people and I can relate to them and it's just yeah so it's all really about blended at the moment that's my main focus
1: I love that and Rio focusing on Rio a little bit what's going on with date nights and tell us about all that stuff
3: date nights are they happening no well we they're not happening at the moment
2: (laughs) it's just so busy
3: like he's working so much the kids schedules are crazy as well I'm starting working again and it's really hard to find the time but we did have a chat yesterday and said right we have to prioritize it because we have to like we have to do that so we're going to do that, but there's not a date in the diary <laughs> yet.
2: You haven't got a plan for it yet. No, do you know what? We, I mean, Zoe and I talk about this all the time. We kind of go through like different periods where we put lots of focus into our relationship and we feel like wow like we're really you know we're having such a great time and then all of a sudden like you say life comes in work commitments happen and, and we've a- packed and our bags kind of, yeah <laughs> and we're leaving <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> um and it gets put on the back burner but I mean it's so nice to hear that after you know a year cruise one now and you you're starting to feel like you're getting like you into again. the swing of things
3: yeah. again yeah yeah. Oh, I'm I'm loving life again. Like those sleepless nights for me, seriously, I've realised I'm not good of I'm not good at that. <laughs> oh my god, right? It gets into I your head. I was like the devil, I think, like the devil. Mm. Can't mm. cope without sleep. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling in a good place. We're in a good place. We just need to prioritise some time. Even the kids though, they've got such busy schedules that mm. even getting in our our family time. The boys both play football. Tia has horse riding. They have clubs three nights a week and at the weekend. So trying to get us all together is like crazy. So when we are, it's like really precious time. Mm -hmm. You you touched on um, your feelings around your body
1: after you had Cree um, and you said you didn't recognize yourself. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I
3: mean, I just, because I've always been, like I always go to the gym. Since I was like in school, I've gone to the gym. I find it really good for my mind. And I like that feeling of feeling like healthy and like, kind of strong. I don't know if I'm fit, but you know, like yeah, I'm in absolutely. control of my body kind of thing. And I remember I didn't look in the mirror for days. Um, I was in the hospital. I don't think I either went to the toilet. I think I had one of those like, you know, catheters. One of those yes. Yeah. <sighs> and then the lady, the midwife took me to the toilet and she's like, right. And I looked in the mirror. I said, Is that me? Like, is that me? Like, I just couldn't, I just look wrecked and my body was so different. And I mean, at the beginning, I didn't really care because I was just in loads of pain. I was just enjoying that time with Cree. But then when I come around a little bit, like a few weeks later, I was like, wow, gosh, this is going to take some work. And I, I just didn't recognize myself inside or outside, to be honest. And I did struggle with that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: it's like amazing when you have, you know, your child and you've got them and it's like unbelievable. But you, as a woman, you just think, God, who am I? Where have I gone? Like, it's, it's all changed, hasn't yeah. it? Everything. Overnight, everything changes. No one ever talks about the car crash afterwards,
1: do they? No <laughs> hey. one ever talks about it that you just stand there and look at yourself. And it's not just how you look, it's how you feel. It's like a double whammy of like, who is this person? I, I actually found that the heart, George and I said, that the hardest yeah. moment was standing there and looking at our postpartum body really really
2: and also thinking you shouldn't care I remember my husband's sisters he's got three older sisters and um he's he's the youngest I don't know maybe they're protective I'm not sure but um I remember them saying to me you won't care about that you won't care about your body once he's arrived you won't care and then I remember looking in the mirror and thinking but I do care? why do I care? I shouldn't care. I really shouldn't care. And that made it so much worse Mm, because I felt mm. guilty for caring and guilty for wanting to do something about
3: it. It It's like such a weird thing. And I think if people think you get your body back straight away or you go to the gym, oh my God, you're not with your child. Like, how are you in the gym already? Or if you don't, she's still got her mum time. Whatever you do in that situation, you'll be judged for, I feel like but I did care. I looked in the mirror and I did care and I didn't like it. The thing is, I didn't love my body. I looked in the mirror and I didn't. I just, I didn't recognize me and I didn't love the way I was looking. And all I was thinking was, God, how am I going to, I know that's probably not positive for everyone to hear, but I didn't, I didn't feel like me. And I just thought, I I really want to, I want to get my old body back. I really, really want it back. And I didn't go to the gym straight away because I had an emergency C-section and You know, but I feel like when you do go to the gym straight away, people go, oh my God, she's in the gym. She, she can't care about her baby. Who's with the baby? And then if, you know, you take a while, people are like, oh, is she pregnant again? Is she this? There's so much judgment around Mm. the your body. And I feel like it's a lot of pressure for women, isn't it? Yeah. Oh,
1: you can't get it right. You you cannot get it right. And that is, and no wonder, you know, there are so many highs and lows in the first sort of six to 12 months, because it's like you, you've, I've feel we feel that we're constantly being scrutinized for our actions and yeah you know you're not really allowed to say like georgia said you can't say that you don't like your body you you know you can't can't say
2: you (laughs) want to lose weight you can't can't say say, you want to lose weight exactly i mean we good so we spent the first year didn't we in the gym pretty much every day we used to drop the kids to the crash and i don't i do not think i would have got through that year in the way that i did if we hadn't have done that every day because we had an hour to exercise which which is obviously amazing but we had an hour to chat we had an hour away, you know, away from the baby. It was my great banter,
1: Kate, that kept her going that year <laughs> off. You know it was me? you had wearing yourself
2: on the treadmill. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I did that a lot. I'm
1: still doing that now.
2: <laughs> like, it's more
3: than just a workout. There's mm. so much more. Mm. It's an hour of free time where you're not thinking about anything else. And you can't think because you're just getting through the workout, aren't you? You just... Yeah. You're just not thinking about poo and nappies and all these things because I felt like you know I lost my identity because all I was worried about is when is the baby pooing, when's he going to have milk, yeah. Oh, has he done a wee? Has he done this? Oh, have you sterilised the bottles? And I felt like that had just become my life. Yeah. And Rio would go to work, and I'd get really jealous because he'd go and like have this time and be Rio Ferdinand, and I just felt like I was mum, and yeah. I'd he'd leave and I'd still be in the same pajamas. I haven't washed my hair. And I just felt this jealousy come over me. So yeah, it's a it's a strange time. I love how real that was. Yeah. We all feel that. It's so good, so good to hear someone say it. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what it was. It's also
1: like I'm so George and I just love being on our own. And when you have yeah. a baby, you're never <laughs> alone. Not even for a second are you alone. Going and having that hour together. We were just like, woohoo! Like we know they're only downstairs in the crash, but we were absolutely loving it, weren't we?
2: <laughs> yeah, no one need like, not needing to touch anyone. I think that's what it is. It's like where you feel like Everyone wants something from you. I mean, it still yeah. happens now, but it's um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier.
1: <laughs> so before we say goodbye, we would love to um, hear your products, your absolute diehard products that you swear by for Cree, for yourself,
3: any brands that you're loving. Cree's got really curly hair. Um, so I love my little cocoa, the curling custard for his hair. I use yes. that every day. I love the Cybex, um, different prams. I've had them since he was born. I'm on the next one up. I don't understand it, but the, a different one now. And that's really yep. good. Um, for me sun cream like I have to wear sun cream I get really bad I think you've had pigmentation Zoe have you? Melasma yeah. Yes I get it really really bad Um, and it really gets me down so sun cream's really important for me I'm very particular of my facial products. Are you? What do you use for your melasma Kate? Um, Well I try all different things I've had treatments as well like laser treatments, i had skin pills, yeah. literally everything. But I've realized it's not even when I'm just in the sun now. It's just when I get really hot. <laughs> really? So if I get overheating in the face, it comes out. Wait, and I wait. feel like however much I keep it under control at the moment, it will just come back. I can't get rid of it. Can you get rid of yours? But it looks like it's gone.
1: Yeah. I mean, God, touch wood. I've, I'm using Obagi. And oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever used the Obagi products, but they I are haven't. incredible. There's two two brands that have kicked it for me, and that is the Secret, which is an Australian brand, which is absolutely brilliant. And Obagi, they're the two products. But as soon as I go in the sun, of course, like I can't even look. On a sunny day, I'm like that, hiding. They're like that's that crazy lady with her big sunglasses and her hat, So I'm like that, ah. frightened. That's what I hate that. I mean. And yeah. I know
3: you can't complain. It really annoys me because like yeah. all my family have that like glowing face, all tanned, and I'm like this pal. <laughs> Thing like, but do you want the pigmentation or do you want the brown face? Yeah, like, can't no, it exactly.
2: all can you? No. And also, in the long run, it's so good to keep your face out of the sun, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, we'll be laughing yeah. at the end, Kate. Exactly, won't we? you'll have lovely.
3: They'll be wrinkly, <laughs> and
2: we'll be looking very beautiful. <laughs> <neutral.
1: laughs> um, and um, parenting advice, parenting the best piece of advice that any parent has given you, or the piece of advice that you give to a new parent.
3: I think just don't worry what everyone else is doing or saying. You know your child and go with your gut because so many people are going to give you so many different opinions on what they think you should do. Should you breastfeed? Should you bottle feed? In any situation. But I think go with your gut. Um you know what's right for your child normally. I love
2: that. I love Thank that too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming It's such a it. nice chat. <laughs> we're that so easy. We love it. One of our favorites. Yeah. Thank
1: you so much. You're so brilliant. Keep doing what you're doing and um yeah, we're so excited to hear more episodes of the podcast. Brilliant.
3: Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, guys.
2: Yay. So great. I really enjoyed that. And I think it did give us a bit of an insight into not only, you know, becoming a step parent, but also the grief process as well. I found it Mm. really interesting, you know, sort of saying how all the all the children grieve in different ways yeah. you know some one of them closes off one of them wants to talk about it all the time um, and she's had to take that on and sort of get to understand each of their individual needs
1: Sounds like the kids have been pretty amazing as well though I yeah. mean sounds like those are three pretty special kids right there. I mean, for for them to kind of find it in their hearts, you know, they're grieving for their mum and then they've got, you know, a new person on the scene that takes, like, such courage and, and, yeah, big big hearts, basically. Mm, Yeah, it's lovely. It's really lovely. And actually, hopefully, it'll be the most important relationship outside of you know outside of potentially their dads that they've got because that's just how I sometimes look at the relationship with Isla I hope that she'll be able to come to me and talk to me about stuff that she might not necessarily be able to talk to her or her mum and dad about her biological parents yeah, so exactly. I'm quite excited for that although how am I going to manage that like imagine if she shares <laughs> all the secrets with me and I'm like oh, oh Jesus don't and tell you've me. got to
2: keep them <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you know that when we were talking to Savannah Miller she was saying that Kelly Hoppen is yeah. her stepmother Yeah, and she you know she managed is to sort of chat to her about business and she's got that kind of that relationship with her and then she might have a slightly different relationship with her own mother yeah. it's just it, it's, I guess it's they get the best of both yeah. you know if they've got two motherly figures or two fatherly figures or whatever yeah. um, and I think that's the way that you kind of have to see it yeah, you can have absolutely. whatever relationship you want with your stepchild
1: you choose it yeah you choose it and also I think what, what thing that one thing that stood out for me is you know if you, if you are in a situation where you're having to deal with anything that you know we spoke about today do reach out to Kate because mm. she's got blended for that reason if you are finding it very isolating confusing frightening whatever it is do, do, drop her a message because that's yeah. what that platform is for absolutely um, yeah brilliant thank you to Kate um, and thank you to you guys for listening as always please 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 we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a little follow that would be amazing
2: <laughs> and i can hear a little hand trying to open my, my door and come <laughs> I did in i wonder what was that <laughs> but if you have got any suggestions for guests you'd like to hear from then our dms are open we're on at made by Mummers on instagram and we'll be back on friday
1: made by mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful charlotte mason
2: insanity group